With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I love how many press cars we're getting into. Now we're getting in a lot of them delivered right here to Utah. We still fly around and do lots yes, of TV stuff. Yes, it is good. It, it's often that I get in a car and it surprises me and I have fun and I enjoy it. It is actually rare, though, hmm. that I'm driving a press car and I think, I don't like this. I need this. <laughs> And we have... You can't give too much away about this episode. No, no, no. no. But honestly, I'm not giving too much away about the episode because because that actually is tangential to the episode we're doing. We're doing an episode with... It is. The well, it, new it Mazda MX-5 RF with the updated engines. First yes. time we had a chance to drive the updated engine versus an SUV. And we're talking about all-wheel drive versus sports cars in the winter and all this kind of stuff. So that's what the episode's about. But you and I both have got the MX-5 disease now. And that's saying something because you actually like it more than you have before. I I am thrilled with this car. I yeah, actually love it. Yeah. I've been a, at the point of like, yeah, they're cool and lightweight. I've and they always liked them. Go more around than a you. corner if you hold your speed. But now it's got power. It's got power. Twenty six more horsepower that I didn't think would matter, and it does. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. I I'm amazed. So yes, that does transform the winter driving experience too. So we're shooting that, and that is all going to be part of season six on Motor Trend Cable Channel and Have Amazon you noticed Prime Video. Season six is out. It season is. Six. By the way, it thank is, you guys for, sure. for all of the really nice. We got some really nice stuff on social media, and you guys sent us really very a lot of really nice emails in the last few days since season six has just started. That was the Supra episode called "The Return." It was mm-hmm. the Supra, the BMW M2 competition, which is of course much better than the old, you know, normal M2. Janky the, old yeah, normal M2. Terrible, terrible yeah. Mm-hmm. Things no, are like not. limping along now. And the uh, and the Cayman uh, 718 Cayman S mm-hmm. was a really fun piece to start off the season. We are in the beginning of six new weeks of TV from us. And as we said before, we're trying to get the Amazon ones out within a week or ten days of when the premiere is on Amazon. So you guys aren't as far behind you've been in seasons past. One quick note, though, mm-hmm. and we mention this every time we launch a new season. So you're aware, we talk about it a lot. We're on Amazon Prime, U.S. and U.K. We're on Vimeo for the rest of the world. Correct, yes. Just like anything else that launches on Amazon that is brand new content on Amazon, unless it's owned by Amazon, there is an extra fee. Correct, right. Unless Our Amazon first, made it or put the money, the exactly. funding behind it. Our yes. first four seasons, by the way, are currently free on Amazon Prime. Season five isn't old enough to have timed out yet, and season six is just launching. Those require an extra little fee. And I will also say this. Because of the way we are able to post stuff to Amazon, everybody's different. Because of the way we're able to post stuff to Amazon, we aren't able to offer the buy season option until the entire season has been posted and we say, and we're done. Correct, yes. So as these yes. episodes come out, they will be individual fees. I'm just – full disclosure so you guys know this. We tell it every time a season comes out, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this is what's happening. But I'm incredibly excited about season six. And it is funny that you and I are literally just shooting episode six, season six, this week – yeah. While the season is already out. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we do need to thank our sponsors for actually bringing all this to you guys. Mm-hmm. And these guys are partnering with us. As we've said before, we feel like family. And Covercraft is, again, our presenting sponsor for season six. It's really cool. They're the headline sponsor. And Griot's Garage is back in. We're thrilled to have them mm-hmm. as our car care mm-hmm. sponsor. And I feel like both these companies are family to us. Yep. I really do. Yep. From when we see them at SEMA, and we've been in their booths, this actually in SEMA 2019. We're in their booths, but we do have some really cool news for mm-hmm. a new sponsor that we're 
adding for all of 2020, yep. and that is Haggerty Insurance. You've heard Haggerty before. We're thrilled to be partnering with them. Yep. They're they're big. They're a big name, but we're thrilled to be partnering with them. And there's a lot more to come. So you will hear the ads change a little mm-hmm. bit. We're going to be you know bringing to you new features and things mm-hmm. and and partnerships and things that we're doing with all of these companies. They've had cool ideas they brought to us. Well, we can't absolutely. talk about them yet. But there's well, going to we, be we've got some fun stuff. ideas that we got to bring back to them. All, it's all of be the very above. Special. But, but they actually came to us when when we set all this up with them. They actually came to us with three or four really cool ideas. They want to figure out some cool giveaways and some ways we can interact. So I'm, yes, I'm actually really away, excited about this. Away. It's going to be very fun. So Haggerty is in for all of 2020, and we're going to be sharing what the code will bring from Haggerty, mm-hmm, and we're mm-hmm. going to be talking to them more about what matters uh, you know, for all of us driving enthusiasts. So yeah. you will hear stuff from Haggerty. All three of these, Covercraft, Griot's Garage, and Haggerty, they are primary sponsors for this year. and For the television season. And, uh, and podcast as well. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it's everything. So you're going to be hearing uh, about all these guys. But you know what? We want to partner with companies that we know and products mm-hmm. we use as well. So mm-hmm. we have long history, as a matter of fact, with all three of these companies. Yes, we which do. Which is and, pretty cool. And, you know, Auto Tempest, I was on today looking at Miata RFs. So, uh, of course you yeah, are. they're still with us. Yeah, it's all bad. It's, it's all bad. Hey. I love the search engine. It's just really bad I'm all about wallet. the RF now, too. It's terrible. Power was all that mattered. It's it's really fun. It's transformed well, the car. But, you know, here's the thing. It's I, freaking I brilliant. realize how much I miss having that FRS that I drove just year round. I was just in a sports car all the time. That's true. And That's I've been true. thinking about it a lot, having this Miata RF with Blizzax on it. It came to us, thankfully, thanks so much to Drive Shop, who dropped this thing off with Blizzax on it. Yes. So we can drive it yes. in the winter. We have a full winter sports car, which I love. I loved that when I had the old FRS. <laughs> I keep That keeps me thinking about the Lotus in the winter. Yeah, I'm but sure. I'm, sure. I'm going to say it again. The front and the rear halves of the car, if they get dinged, you replace half the car. It does not have a limited slip differential, which I think is vital for navigating the snow. It doesn't have one. It is. It is. Like Vlad, who actually listens to the show, and how are you, man? He has a red one. He put a limited slip diff in, and he has Blizzaks, and he's 1,500 feet, 2,000 feet lower than we are. All of those are factors. Are absolutely sure your car doesn't have – because the prior owner, I thought, did – that part of the mods. I don't think he did a limited slip. He did, he did sure. other track stuff. I can double check. Okay. Based okay. on my, my the list I remember, I'm not, I don't think you it's know, trying there. to push you into winter driving with your Lotus. Because the other I'm problem is this. When I have my cars in the winter, and I know I know you and many people listening, and the entire Griot's family is going to throw things at me for saying this, <laughs> but when it's winter time, I do drive my car through the drive-through car washes because I got to get it sprayed underneath. I got to get it clean mm, now. Yeah. The Lotus, as you may have followed along, requires it cannot survive those car washes. It requires hand washing. So now if I'm driving it all winter, I am out in the winter outside. Because I don't have like some heated garage with heated water. I'm outside now well, scrubbing this thing down. I'm outside scrubbing my cars down. I wash my cars. I when know it's, you do. When it's above 30, I am washing. I'm I out there. Do. I do have warm water. And that is the key. But then, you know, of course, if it, you know, throughout the afternoon, then it gets colder. And then it creates an ice skating rink. It does, yes. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm done washing. Wham! And you've fallen over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do have a cool washing video coming up that we're going to try to push off till spring when, I don't know, you may want to yeah, walk outside. Right, right oh, now man. we're getting buried in snow, and it's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to all of our sponsors. And uh, we're really proud and excited to uh, to bring those to you. A quick note about merchandise. The host jackets are still available through January 2020. Cool. So you can go to the website, everydaydriver.com, and then right in the middle you can see the store and that takes you to the Amazon store where those available for order mm-hmm. and what we're doing is we're kind of taking them in chunks if you you know enter your size then we'll you know we'll do a run of jackets yep. and then that's throughout yep. 
the uh, the remainder of January 2020, and also the T-shirts for the Maserati and the Phaeton, the Pickle Fork, and yep. the Ask Me About Cheap Phaetons shirts are also available, and those will remain year-round. Mm-hmm. Yep, those and the I Speak Car shirt and other stuff is coming as well, which is really cool. We have craziness going on on this podcast. We're starting our new series that is the best of series. We are going to talk through... We did this when we first started the podcast five-plus years ago. We're going to talk through the best cars from each manufacturer. Now, we're broadening it in one major way. We did it last time. It was best enthusiast cars. We talk about so many cars in so many segments now on this podcast, and thank you guys for writing in about all that stuff. We're going to cover cars we think are worthwhile anywhere in their lineup. I've got SUVs on my list. Okay? Oh, absolutely. That, that's, that's how this happens. Uh, a quick qualification, best new cars, so the, the new cars. Well, so, anything you know, from the last 10 years. Oh, you're going for 10 years. Anything the last 10 years? I say I'm that. only going in their current offering. Okay. After the break, we do have a car debate. We're going to keep doing this on the Tuesdays going forward. Tonight, we're going to try to get uh, a half dozen or so of the first manufacturer. We're just going to go alphabetical. It's the only way I know how to handle it. Yeah, We're going to go sure. alphabetical. And we do also have questions coming up. So there's a lot packed into this, this podcast. All right. We're jumping in uh, with the A's. We've got to start with Acura, of course. Mm-hmm. The NSX, although I haven't driven it. As a matter of fact, you got to drive it a little bit yep. at Speed Vegas. Drove it on the track. Yeah, yeah. The new 2020 version has indie Yellow Pearl as a nice option. If uh, you just need a reminder, this car has 573 combined horsepower, mm-hmm. 476 combined torque, twin turbo V6, nine-speed DCT. I'm curious to drive this, but it's, I don't know where it fits in our lineup as a comparison of buying a $150,000 car. That's not something we typically cover. You're right. Here's the thing about this this NSX, which I have driven, It's and I've driven the, the new one. It's an underappreciated supercar. It mm-hmm. really is. It's mm-hmm. very underappreciated. It is, if you want to think about it tech-wise, it is kind of buying yourself a Porsche 918 for about a tenth of the cost. They are really cool. They're good to drive. They 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 have all of the goodness that is a Honda, meaning mm-hmm. you just get in it and it feels solid and it's going to run. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel precious or fragile. But then it is a supercar with amazing tech going on. It is tuned now. Again, I drove it on the track and we drove it hard. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. talking to Chris, who, who's actually there. How are you, man? He he actually was riding right seat with me when I drove it. Oh, cool. And, yeah, right. Uh, at the edge, this car naturally understeers. That's its setup. I'm sure. I mean, it's I mean, that mid-engine configuration. And it's, and it's all-wheel drive. Yeah. So it's those combinations. Interesting. So you have to kind of settle into the way it wants to rotate, and then it rotates like a beast. It does really, really does well. It? So it was interesting because when you and I drove other stuff there, we drove only rear-wheel drive stuff. So here this was an all-wheel drive with the tendency to do all-wheel mm-hmm. drive understeer. Mm-hmm. As soon as I got that kind of sorted, I was much better and faster in the car. It was it was really good. Hmm. So the NSX is underappreciated. It's also not underpriced. It is still quite expensive, yeah. The way they build these things are awesome. I mean, this has carbon fiber reinforced plastic floors on these things. I mean, they're they're really special cars. I just wish people would buy them, but I think everybody's sort of waiting for them to become used and then thinking, ah, oh, I could do ninety grand, I could do seventy grand, I could eventually yeah. do a sixty grand this NSX. Is, this is the public service announcement you know? that I have to say again. You and I are huge proponents. In fact, our, our buying history shows that we love used cars. Absolutely. It's great Absolutely. to get a great deal on a car that used to be much more expensive, and our garages reflect that. However, if you listening have the means and the interest to buy a good car new, please do, because we need all of us, the enthusiasts, to be telling manufacturers with our dollars mm-hmm. that these cars matter, that yeah, these cars absolutely. are important. So yeah, cars sure. that are good cars, we need to, if you will, <laughs> reward or encourage manufacturers by buying them new when we can. Also, for those of us that are buying used, somebody's got to supply the market. So there's both those things. Well, we're seeing that in the consumer shift towards CUVs and SUVs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is speaking loudly to manufacturers because Completely. that's all people buy. Yes, exactly. And so all that's all they have to go on is, well, I guess that's what people are buying, so mm-hmm. that's what we should make. Yeah. If people are not buying the fun stuff, well, then 
you know, going to make anymore. Yeah, for sure. We're going to we're going to shift the market. Things will change. Yep. I think car companies ultimately will always buy something fun or make something fun. Hopefully, yeah. But it depends on the car manufacturer. Mazda, for example, I think always will. Yeah. Porsche, maybe Toyota, maybe Honda, but in general, if it's SUVs and CUVs, as a matter of fact, we had a question a while back about, well, if this is the trend, are we ever going to see any electric mm. fun performance cars? Once all the masses have been fed, yes. <laughs> Once everybody's been served and there's an option for somebody to buy, now we can start. All right, we've got our product portfolio and all the niches covered. Every corner of the room is covered. <laughs> now we can start in on fun cars. That might be five years, ten years away. Once all the generic electric cars have been yes. bought and provided, we will now work on the niche ones. That's, That's funny. Kind like of a it. car. It's a squished bubble kind of a thing, and it serves everyone. <laughs> How about the car that isn't for everyone, but it's just <laughs> but dang it's awesome. fun? In, in Acura, I have to go two SUVs while we're here. Okay. The RDX and the MDX are both excellent. Those are on my list, as a the, fact. The five-seat uh, RDX we had in Seattle, it has great power, decent handling. It is, I feel like, 75 80% of a Macan, but without the price. As a matter of fact, these both were the consumer guide best buy for 2020. Well, there's a reason. They're great. Watch our Fast Blast on the MDX. That is a full seven-seater in the size of about a Cayenne. It's not, it doesn't look like it's a full seven-seater, and yet it is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the back seats are small, but it, that thing really surprises. That was where I think that's the place where you and I have almost been most impressed with their super handling all-wheel drive was on that big MDX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The TLX is on my list, too, because yes. good value for money, especially a 2018, 2019. The uh, – the rhinoplasty has been performed. Well, that's the thing. If you go back, if you go back to early in the 2010s, okay, uh, that was end until like 2016 you need, or something. You need to you need to worry about where the back half of the TL where they got rid of the beak. Yeah, and then the TL became the TLX. Either one of those, if they're in your budget, this is, and I mean this as a supreme compliment. This is the nicer Honda Accord. Everything good about the Honda Accord is in this TL or TLX. Mm-hmm. Slightly nicer. They're phenomenal drive. You get the super handling all-wheel drive on that, and it will surprise you genuinely. You know, what's also on my list is a little bit of future. I'm allowing myself future cars because of this Acura Type S concept that came out mid-2019, and it's been shown around a lot of auto shows. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm. just points to what Acura is doing, and I feel like enthusiasts have ignored Acura. Mm. I just I feel that way. Okay, They're not niche, but they're not really a... A thing that pops to mind when we That's talk fair. enthusiast That's cars, yeah, yeah. Acura never really comes up. And yet we love what the, the SH all-wheel drive is mm-hmm. doing for these cars. It yeah. actually isn't just a marketing term. It works. Yeah, for sure. And so this Type S concept just looks gorgeous. And, of course, they brought the nomenclature, the Type S. Mm-hmm. The hallowed ground to tread upon is yeah, Type yeah, yeah. S territory. Yeah, 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 for sure. So they brought this back as a concept, and it looks beautiful. I hope they does. continue to pursue this because nothing about their design language is like, no, nah, that's a little off. Why does that line do that? Like the... The you know the yeah. bone line that fine line through the door handle of the Lexus GS. It's like why did you dip? Why did you do that? <laughs> you had a nice statement, dip. Like, no, <laughs> stop I, it. I'm gonna throw down. I'm gonna throw down on your behalf right now, which is kind of a challenge to you. We really are very close to Paul doing a series oh, no. on design. We're, we're trying I mean, to good, figure out goody. how we're going to actually execute it efficiently. But I want to. I want to have Paul literally put look pen to paper, or in this case, uh, stylus to, to iPad, and and show us how to make designs work or fail when we get in this conversation. Because I can't do it, and you can do it phenomenally well. I hope we can do that soon. I love that you went future cars, and I went past cars. That's, that, that's going to balance yeah. us out. Should we go on to Alpha? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do it. Alfa Romeo, I've got two. Okay. Okay. 
the 4C. It's a fantastic at least alternative if you don't want to drive it as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if you're going to drive it seven, eight tenths, you're going to drive it as a, I want to go on a nice drive cruise day, you will love the 4C. And in that case, get it in the Spider. It's better. When you and I drove it well, on PCH yeah. years ago out of Carmel during uh, during Pebble Beach week, we drove one yeah, of those Monterey. cars. Yeah. And we drove it like what I'm talking about. Top off. 70, 80% of the fastest we could drive on that road, and it was perfect. The problem is at the limits, like on the track, it's unpredictable, which is a scary combination. But otherwise, the 4C is fantastic. It's unpredictable. Understeer is what it is. It just serves it up above 8 tenths. Well, but it'll get understeer, oversteer. That's the thing. I've talked about it before. You go into the same corner the same way twice, and it doesn't necessarily do the same thing twice. Yeah. That's Surprise. not good. And then, of course, I've talked about it many, many times, the Alpha Julia. I mm-hmm. don't care what spec you get. This, in my opinion, is how a sports sedan should drive. I love the rotation. I love the fast steering, yeah. uh, steering rack. Obviously, Quadrifoglio is brilliant. But honestly, the little 2-liter turbo is impressive. Even when we've had it like that, I, I advise it with a limited slip differential. I think you'll like it more. You can get it without that. Yeah. But honestly, get the get the little four-cylinder turbo and enjoy yourself. It's a really strong car. It's a very good sports sedan. I agree. The steering input on that is absolutely astounding. The yeah. ratio is quicker than most every other car. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Quicker than most sports cars, yeah. And you know where we're at. It, I think we're at the three-year-in mark. Remember when the Alpha Julia, the mm. Quadrifoglio came out? We thought, all right, let's see how they are three years in, five yeah. years in. Yeah, yeah. We're now at that point. And you can get them used. They're not fully discounted, really. They're still expensive as cars go. Yeah. But what I love is that Alpha hasn't melted down. <laughs> there hasn't been this real, like, horrible There's thing that's the happened. Alpha fire somewhere we're throwing all them all on. Yeah. And the good news is the brand's around, you know, sticking around. Mm-hmm. FCA, despite what's happening with the PSA merger, we know that Alpha's sticking around. Maserati's yeah. sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> They've invested a lot. I, I look forward to future new models, of course. But, yeah, I'm with you on both those cars. They've refined, actually, the Julia this year. They've done kind of a mid-cycle refresh. And, uh, and as a result of that, we're hoping to get in another Quadrifoglio and put some real miles on it have a discussion about reliability over term but we'll Mm -hmm. see we're working on it we'll see but either way that car's great all right jumping to audi i would uh, like everybody to know that one third of new audi cars will be electrified by 2025 sure they will yeah why not audi as a matter of fact we're at the beginning of the ces consumer electronics show Mm -hmm. for 2020 and audi is presenting there they're they're doing the audi ai which the marketing people have dubbed audi intelligence oh good artificial intelligence Uh uh-huh so what they're doing is, I love that everything has been pointed towards tech for the Audi brand. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I've liked that, but they are embracing it in a huge way. And so they're they're introducing eye tracking, remote touch, transparent displays, and a mixed reality head-up display, which Good is grief. which sounds crazy. But get this, they're projecting onto the windshield two images of each picture, so the eye tracking camera can detect your eye position and point the pixels at your eye. <laughs> But what that does is it will seem like the floating directions are mm-hmm. 70 meters ahead of the car. So if there's an arrow like that oh, upcoming sure. turn, it seems like that arrow is way out there yeah, at the yeah, intersection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where you want to turn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, arrows will point at your destinations <laughs> instead of the you look down at your phone, or you look idiot. at the map. And you're yeah. like, now is that the and I look up and I can't see an address. And is that the building? Or is, wait, 
So there's no more of that. They're doing all this tech to have this floating objects way out there. So it's this mixed reality thing. Is it How gonna, cool is that? Is it going to have like an exclamation point appear above your address and go, ah? Is it, it going to do that too? It could sh- yeah. you know, shine a light on exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you'll be so distracted. The yeah. safety features that anyway. are going to have to cover for you for sure. Ridiculous. So the RS3 is on my list despite having not driven it. Okay. I really like the S3. I love what Audi's doing. Yeah. I like the concept of the RS3, and I think I would probably really like it. You probably it would. probably wouldn't be the uh, most direct handling car, I'm, I'm guessing. It'd probably be a little muted. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. generally what, where Audi is at, but they are you know, they're for the Ingolstadt to Munich bombing runs. That's sure what they're they are. Yeah, yeah. for. Yeah. So along those lines, the Audi Q8, I was pretty impressed by that this year. Yeah, this yeah last year. The RS Q8 is going to be a monster. <laughs> and, of course, the RS6 Avant, which none of us have driven yet, I'm putting that on the list. I can't wait. <laughs> I love how you're reaching into the future. For the 600 great. million horsepower yeah. RS6 Avant. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Just world-destroying Just seeing car. it is really cool. And then, of course, I'm in the future, too. This e-tron Sportback and GT concept is okay. pretty lush. I like how they look. I like the, the concept. I like the shapes that Audi's doing, and I love what they're – I like the tech. They're embracing the tech. What I don't I, like is yeah. the the – cheap to fix aspect because it's not going to be something breaks. true and there's so many screens now there's a bunch of piano black lots of fingerprints going on in audis which i don't love but i actually have to say the s3 we drove it versus the bmw 2 series and mm-hmm. there there are pros and cons both ways but in the case of the s3 this is you like and want the golf r but you don't want a hatchback yeah okay. and it's perfect for that okay and actually there's a lot of really good used deals on the s3 it's a very fun car if that's what you're chasing and i think it is kind of the right size for the little commuter i really like the s3 for that yeah it's very great. very cool i'll bet uh, you'd like aspects of the rs3 too no i'm sure i would but but i mean s3 is much more attainable which i really like it about is. it and it is. and in, here's the thing they are more expensive than the golf r uh new but they're pretty similar used, which I find fascinating. So you really, it is a discussion yeah, of do I want the hatch or do I want the sedan? And you wind up in the Audi S3 if you want the sedan. Right. I also really like the A7. I think it is one of the best examples of a big family car that mm-hmm. doesn't look stayed because it has its weird fast back shape. You think like, that's a little bit more timeless is what you're saying? Well, I think it's a little more interesting because like the A8, oh, yeah. and I've got the A8s on my list because it's like the king of isolated luxury bombing. Okay, it's not... <laughs> it will put you to sleep. You know. It will rub your shoulders. Totally. And- it's, you're, you're so comfortable you almost forget you're driving. Okay, and if you want that, that's great. It also, because of its nature, has kind of a staid buttoned up look about it whereas the a7 yeah. because of its fastback has kind of a, hey that's kind of cool looking and it also is a really good family car and the used values now are pretty good as well I like the a7 and the a8 we have to mention the r8 the daily supercar man it, I, I will go backwards for an r8 i'll go further than 10 years for the original r8 yeah. 4.2 v8 yeah with the six speed yeah the gated six speed like that's the car to that's have the, buy. That's the subsequent the buy. r8s not so much. That's the, the first one is the one it's you really want. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. I agree with that. And then I, I need – look, I'm going to mention the TT because I don't okay. want to overlook it. Okay. The problem with the TT is the Cayman exists. Okay? <laughs> it, it's yes. just the TT is yes. excellent. But but look, tons of people have done these side-by-side reviews, and almost every case, that's the conclusion. TT, really good. By the way, the Cayman exists. It's really in a tough market there. If you are an Audi person, my son's teacher right now has a TT and she loves it. 
Fantastic. And, and Fantastic. I was talking to her about what's next so she wants to get an SUV because, of course, she does. And I was mentioning brands other than, than Audi, and she was like, but, but I'd have to leave Audi. And I was like, that's okay. But that's the thing. If, if, you're, if you're an Audi person looking for Hold a sports my hand. car. I'll guide you out of the weeds. It's going to be fine. I promise. <laughs> we'll do this together uh, with your wallet. Anyway, exactly. uh, but, but the TT is, is really cool and fun. And, and styling-wise, it has always stayed, I feel like, a step ahead. It's always been, oh, they did refresh that really nice. I wish it drove a little better because in its world, there are better-to-drive cars. You're making me want to look up the wheelbase length of the Cayman versus the TT. I'll work I, on it. I don't know this information. I, I need to know. <laughs> Just because of the Supra, because yeah. of what they've done to yeah. target the Cayman. So what's like the it. TT done? All right. BMW moving to, first and foremost, the M2 competition that was, as Todd said, featured in the triumvirate of mm-hmm. the first episode of Season 6. It's it's a great car. It's got loads of power. It's really fast. Mm-hmm. I'd still take an M2 competition. Or the standard M2. The, Despite the old, my love for yeah. the other two. I would, and you're right. I'd still take an M2. The used original M2 is with the older engine in it. Still great. Still great. Yeah. I'd still take one. I, I kind of dig how they look. I just, I like the flared fenders. I like oh, the. they're cool looking. Uh-huh. They that's drive well. beefier looking. What is it about that car? But I, I would say, I'm going to add to that by saying that I think the two series is on this list, period. The two okay, series okay. is a car we have driven in every flavor imaginable, every flavor they offer. And yeah, if you get, true. and I'm going to get the nomenclature wrong, I forget if it's the track pack or the sport pack, but it's the better suspension add-on pack. Okay, that's what you're looking for. If you get that add-on, yeah. it's a good car in any combination. I remember driving the 228i with the eight-speed originally on the track, and was like, "This is phenomenal." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, two series yeah. in general is good, from the base one all the way up to the M2. Uh, if you, if you find one that works for you, I think you're going to generally enjoy it. I mean, that includes the you know like the M235s, Ford and 40s in the middle. I mean, there's a lot of good cars in that lineup. I think they've done really really well there. I also, as I'm prone to do, jumped backwards. Okay. In ten years, the 135. Okay. The prior okay. gen 135. Very good if you get that good suspension pack on it. I remember driving it originally and thinking it felt like a baby brother to the M3 because that's what it sure, is. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you get the 135 IS. That is the almost 1M, and they're like 25 grand. They're a bit rare. They're, they're not common, but yeah. they're, they're more common than the 1M, and they're half the price of a 1M. But, of course, the 1M is the one you want. I think the 1M, I have to stop yeah. here real quickly. The 1M for me is the la- maybe the last car in this lineup to say this because I think hmm. the 1M is everything people think a BMW drives like in one car. Hmm. Okay, and I, I can see that. And they've left the hydraulic steering. There's other things about that car that they have walked away from. I don't know that we're going to get back there. But I think when the typical enthusiast thinks, what's a BMW drive like? The 1M drives like that. That is a phenomenal car. And I think it's a moment-in-time car in the same way the S2000 is a moment-in-time for Honda. I think the 1M is going to be one at BMW. I don't know that we're coming back. Hmm. No, I see that. I mean, that's... A brilliant car. It's so much fun to drive. I wish they were cheaper. Mm-hmm. I would seriously consider one if they were cheaper. But, you know, the Cayman exists. Mm-hmm. If Still, if I were pushed now, I'd still go Cayman. That's the problem. I love the car. Yeah. The one in them is brilliant. And it's just inside your 10-year mark. I might go 1M. But anyway, yeah. Okay. RF Miata or 1M? Uh, probably Miata because it's so light. I just love the really? light. Okay. That, that, that's the other thing. The, the new aside, version. Price aside. I think I'd go Miata because it's lighter and smaller. 
I just okay. like light and small. That's the thing. I've been driving. Obviously, I've been driving the Phaeton, which the is the opposite is of light not and small. Heavy. By it's any not, stretch. but it's a better part of a thousand pounds heavy. Think about it. It's about a thousand sure. pounds heavier than Isn't that, that like Miata. Thirty three hundred pounds. Or yes, and the Miata is twenty three hundred pounds. That's yeah. a thousand pounds, yeah. my friend. Okay. I'm not okay. even good at math. So that that is a much lighter car, and you can tell. And I, mean, I do love that. But the one is phenomenal. It's really good. It is. It really is. You know what? The new Z4 is on my list. Is it really? I okay. liked it enough to add okay. this car. Cool. I wouldn't put the prior Z4, to be honest. Say, I agree with that. Say if I'm yeah. you know, going the 10 years, which I reserve the right to go backwards to. Of course you do. Yeah. But the, the prior Z4, I wouldn't. But the new one, I thought, uh, I'm not sure. And then the concept came out. I perked up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the new one is genuinely fun to drive. Watch our piece it's with it. End of, of last season was was that car with the Cayman, and I mean, sorry, the Boxster. Boxster. And it's a really good piece. It's a re- it's 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 surprising how good they are against each other. There's a lot yeah. to love about that car, and then I do like the new three series. I do. I like a lot of things about it. Hopefully, the new M3 won't be ugly and beaver teethed and slapped with the teeth. Worried about that. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe they're just like driving into a wall, and oops, the teeth melted. <laughs> Well, I hope it's not. I hope I'm fearing. Unfortunately, I, I fear that. But yeah, you're skipping around on generations of the Z car under BMW. I'm going to do it on the three series. Okay. If I go back ten years, I think the current three is pretty good. I think the one prior, the F30 generation, yeah, yeah. is worth overlooking. Versus the very beginning of the 2010s, we still had the E90 series uh, going on. True, yeah. That is a really good generation. That has the big V8 in the M3, but it also is the generation that has that car. I keep bringing up the 335 IS. IS, yeah. So that E90, (laughs) E92, that generation of the the 3 series is good. Mm -hmm. Skip Mm -hmm. the next one. Get the current one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the current one, I, I actually kind of dig. I know you do. I know you do. Non-enthusiast-focused cars at BMW. The X1 in some generations actually has their good hydraulic steering. So chase that down. That's an interesting car. If you're okay. actually talking SUVs, okay. it's a small size. But some of the, I, I know actually somebody here recently that, that talked to us about the fact that they bought one and they were shocked that it had BMW's old hydraulic steering and they love it. That makes sense to me. Sure. The sure. X5M, driven in lots of variants, it's a shocking car. I, I don't know that it has a purpose, but it does drive well in spite of itself. Sorry, i got to bring it up. If really? You're, that's if, on your list? Uh, well, but because only in a vacuum, in the same way that the TT is, is on the Audi list, okay? Okay. I think there are better performance SUVs out there, but at the same time, the X5M can't be ignored. It is impressive for what it is. Well, you put your foot down. It's fast. And then I also have to say, if you want a cheap, high-tech, name-brand, luxury electric, buy yourself a used BMW i3. I have seriously considered it. I think you need to drive one before you really fall in love with it. Well, but here's the thing, though. The electric cars of this era, in general, they're not about driving enjoyment. They're about how this works really well. Okay? Yeah, but you've got to like aspects of it. And I think you like not- aspects of the Phaeton. Yeah. When you're driving it, that influence your love or hate for it. But get in a... Jump in a Nissan Leaf and jump in a BMW i3 and tell me which one you'd want to own for an electric car. Jump well, in a can, Bolt or an i3. I mean, I can tell you that you right know? now, but I admit bias just because of the brand. Well, but I also think the interior matters. That's that. Just take the badges off. You sure. Know? But anyway, so mm. I think if, if you're shopping like electric cars, you need to not overlook the i3, especially used. They're, they're a bargain used. So. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out and still baking your car's interior. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. 
These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Who buys Buicks besides China? The Regal GS exists. We've the, recommended the, it before the early many times. One, like 2011 Regal GS is a very good car. It's on my list. It's It's been around for a long time. That's the only Buick on my list, as a matter of fact. Because okay. the new Buick Regal GS has changed styling. Mm-hmm. If you go all the way to now, it's got 310 horsepower, all-wheel drive. But the manual stop for the 2018 model year and you can't get the turbo four-cylinder anymore. It's only the 3.6-liter V6. Mm. So, yeah, more power, but it makes the power in a different way. It doesn't have that jump, yeah. that turbo jump on it. And no manual. I mean, that was the reason, because they were a bargain. You could get them for probably 17 for yeah. a decent one now, but you could get that manual, and it solves so many problems That's about, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of invisible, but it's still got a good look, and you could put Opal badging on it if you wanted. And, you know, hey, <laughs> cool car. You yeah. know? Well, and you have the Tour X now, which is interesting because it's an alternative wagon, but I don't think it's interesting beyond that. Buyers didn't find it interesting. Yeah. Which means it's discontinued. That's probably stopping, yes. What's next? Cadillac. Cadillac has a few here. And if I go back 10 years, I have to say the first one in the door has got to be the Cadillac CTSV Wagon Mm, Six speed. Okay. Okay. That is still one of the best wagons of the modern time. I know we've got the RS six coming. I know the E sixty three AMG. We we've driven it. It's it's a bomber. It's fantastic. Yeah. But I'm sorry, CTSV wagon with the six speed manual. That is a fantastic. The other ones don't have manual. It's That's a rare a beast. Fantastic. It's a rare very beast. very cool wagon. That's yeah. on my list. The ATS in any form. That's a fantastic chassis. You get the magnetic ride on it. I don't care if you got the four cylinder. You probably don't want the four cylinder, but. And, yeah. and honestly, yeah. it handles really, really well. Go back and watch our original piece of the ATS. That is a great handling car. You, it's a love it or hate it styling, I feel like, but the ATS should be on here. And then I have to say it, the Escalade. Because it... Escalade. The Escalade. Nothing else really does what the Escalade does. I know it overlaps with Range Rovers and other things. I know that. But it's just... I would like my big American SUV, please, with all the luxury, and I need to tow my house and carry, you know, the 14 kids. That's the Escalade's place. It has, it has sure, been sure. a real icon in luxury SUVs since its inception for like 20 years. Executive transport. Get yourself an Escalade. Yeah, you see them everywhere. There's nothing new that I want to drive from Cadillac. Mm. I'm going to have to go backwards to pretty much all the V-series cars. I even liked the big CT6. Was it the CT6? Big one, the well, V-Series. The CTS-V, the prior CTS-V CTS with crazy, crazy, like it had yeah, the, the Z06 uh, running, running. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked that car yeah. despite its $90,000 price tag and hugeness, mm-hmm. but I had huge. the opportunity to track it, and yeah. I just thought, all right, it's huge, it's massive, and wow, is this big. It's it's a world and beater. I still it's liked monster. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was the power. It was just, all right, if you're going to consider big cars and, you know... The price is compelling, but otherwise, until the V-Series CT5 and CT4 are actually available, mm-hmm. I'm not too thrilled with what Cadillac's doing because it doesn't seem like a big jump. It doesn't seem like, all right, we did that. Now here's the future of Cadillac. It just seems like kind of phoned in. Well, we got- sat in the Cadillacs at the LA Auto Show. We did. We did. We, we wanted them to be a little bit better than they were. I a hate to say bit. it. I hate to say it. It just seemed like more of the same. These are new shapes. 
just more the same. Okay. All right. And All right. some new naming nomenclature and yay. Well, it's the problem that we used to attribute to Lincoln, which is the Lincolns used to feel too close to Ford products. Now I think the Cadillacs too, feel too close to Chevrolet products, which brings us to Chevrolet. Okay. What do you have on here? I've actually got some cars that are quote-unquote old, but okay. only because they're still on the website. The C7 right. is still available on the website, which means sure. theoretically you can still find one at a dealership. And the Z06 Corvette. Oh, yeah. C7 Z06. Yeah, yeah. Awesome car. Well, but if we're going back 10 years, I'll just, just dig it. I'll go blanket statement about the Corvette. Go get a Corvette. You as a buyer, get the newest, hottest variant you can afford and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And be sure yeah. you get the Z51 pack or whatever package is the extra trackability, performance, suspension stuff. Spend that money. Make sure you get that oh, one. You'll so like it better. It. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But pick your Corvette. I mean, honestly, our American original film is all of them all the way back to the inception. And the rule still applies. Get whichever one you want that is the nicest, highest performance variant you can afford in that version and enjoy. Yeah, they're really great. The ZL1 Camaro is on my list. I really do I like it. it. Yep. Despite my love for the uh, GT350 Mustang, mm-hmm. I really do like the ZL1. It's just so much car for the money. It it's is. It's just so amazing. It's it's a phenomenal performer. Just, you know, everything. The and transmission, it, the engine, the power, all of that. It outperforms the old Z28, which is in this 10-year cool. swath. But that Z28 and, is kind of a performance bargain now. It wasn't when it came out. It was, but it's got that big seven liter in it, up like crazy. Yeah, it's got that big seven liter in it, and nobody buys them anymore. And that was a that was an incredible car to drive. It was it was very hardcore. It was it was incredible for like wow, that's an amazing drive for me to park and walk away and somebody else to own now. Well, that's the thing. Is that's the, how I felt. Is the ZL one surpasses it slightly in performance and is much more available as just a car to drive daily. But that Z twenty eight was very impressive. I actually think the current version of the Camaro. In any variant with the one LE pack is a worthwhile car. Absolutely, I I do. I actually I we're hearing rumors Camaro's going away. I you know what's the what's the justification? What's the business case for this as GM transforms SUVs. itself? Yeah. The Bolt is on my list. The Chevy Bolt. Uh, it should be. It is a brilliant car. Mm-hmm. It's really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And again. Electric cars are not all Teslas, and there's other fun electric cars too. And we're going to see a lot of cool electric cars coming our way. The Bolt is actually really impressive. I agree. The the thinking behind that, because the Tesla interface is, you know, software developers and it works well, all those kinds of things. But the Bolt and how GM has approached it, it's pretty interesting. A little bit of a different take on things, a little bit of a, you know, the charging schedule and how they've, you know, figured out how it will integrate into your life. Just a different take, and I really did like it. So the Bolt was just fun mm-hmm. to drive. I like that it's just I start seeing them everywhere. They've come down in price. They're they're a worthy car to own. Totally. Season three, episode one for us on television. You can find that on Prime, Vimeo, everywhere. That was the Model Three versus this Bolt, mm-hmm. and I have it on my list as well because honestly, if you're looking for a well thought out, gosh, this is really cool. This works really well. Electric car. Volt done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for similar reasons. I actually have the Volt as well. I think the Volt is one of the best okay. executions of an electric hybrid that you can just buy and forget. Meaning, yeah. and I don't mean that in a tacky yeah. way. I mean like you want a commuter that you don't have to worry about. Did I charge it? You just want to use it to drive cross country or do your commute or whatever. It's just car, but it happens to have the benefits of electricity as well. Volt did that really well. In both generations, mm-hmm. it did it really well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little sad that that one has actually gone away, but I think both the Bolt and the Volt are better than people expect they are if they haven't driven them. 
Although, I, I mean, you can get them for cheap now, which is good, even though they yes, don't continue. Absolutely, yeah. But the good news is they're cheap. Absolutely. cheap absolutely. And I have to say, in this 10-year swath, I have to include it, the SS. Oh, I yes. I couldn't forget the SS. Oh, yes. What you want, though, is you don't want first year. You want the second year. You want to get the six-speed manual and the magnetic ride. And then it's brilliant. It's good prior, but then it's brilliant. I'm going to break our own rule about you can't drive a spec sheet. I'm putting the C8 Corvette Stingray on my list. Okay. All right. All right. By virtue of specs alone. Okay. All right. Versus price. Everybody's aching to drive this car. Of course, mm-hmm. they have to build them first for us all to drive yes. them. Yes. But that that's happening. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting underway. And we will drive one in 2020. I'm, I'm really yes. actually excited about that I am car. Too. That is that's going to be the throwdown to everything because we'll come back like we did when mm-hmm. they first introduced them. Well, yeah, but you could get a Stingray for about the same money, and it's insert words. I'm so infa- I'm so fascinated to see that car against lots of interesting things. And since I mentioned the Escalade for Cadillac, I have to do it. The Tahoe and Suburban here, because they are icons as well. Really? Yeah, they're really? just they just run. They're I mean, I, do. It's, it's not do. my market segment, even though I owned a, a Tahoe forever yeah. ago. Actually, a GMC Yukon, same basic thing. They just run. They're mm-hmm. the icon. The Suburban was the original. It maintains. It's you know obviously the slightly downgrade version of the Escalade that I already mentioned. It's they've they've dialed that in so well. That is Chevy doing it practically blindfolded because it's so well dialed now. Yeah. Tahoe yeah. and Suburban, if you need that, done. So what do we like from Chrysler? Nope. Uh, Pacifica minivan. I, honestly, this was my list. Pacifica minivan. If what? what you're looking for is a minivan, and, and this is this is a niche market, you hmm. want a minivan with luxury front seats. That's, that's why you go to Chrysler and you buy a Pacifica. And that's the entire list, and I'm reaching to get there. The Odyssey is a better buy. Yes. Well, what you can do is over on the merchandise section of Chrysler's website, there's a water bottle called Inner Peace. What? what? They have some lovely drinkware. And I really like the Uconnect system. And we, we love FCA. <laughs> Chrysler. But otherwise. Lovely drinkware. They, they've got wow. some great drinkware. Inner Peace. There's a water bottle called Inner Peace. I'm wow. not kidding you. Okay. All right. Moving to Dodge. Anything with a Hellcat or a 392 SRT V8? I had that same listing. I'm just like, let's just pick based on engine, really. Although on my list is the Ram truck. And they, yes. it is on. Even though it's Ram brand and it's not really Dodge. But that's that. kind of but where it goes. That's, that's the closest place for it to go. Yeah. About, about the Ram, to Ram truck otherwise. is brilliant. Our pickup trucks comparison is mm-hmm. coming at you as part of season six. This and we week. drove... The yes, this week. So we drove the F one hundred and fifty, the GMC uh, Sierra, mm-hmm. and the Ram fifteen hundred. It was yep. the Eco Diesel, but still, it was the brand new fifteen hundred, fully yeah. loaded, sixty three thousand dollars for this thing. Yes, it was. This is a brilliant pickup truck. It's pushing on pickup trucks. I'm intrigued despite by this Rivian whole and Cybertruck and all that stuff. I'm excited to share this episode with you guys. That is actually coming Saturday. It's interesting that we're bringing up the Ram right now because I agree with you. It's on my list. Hellcat everything is also on my list. Hellcat everything. I have to say two other cars. First off. The Challenger, for one reason. Mm-hmm. It is the last real muscle car. Pretty much. It is the last one with the attitude, the size, and the crazy power. And what do you mean a corner? I mean, it's not <laughs> really a car you want to Although throw down. Although you kind of can, you can in a strange way. It, no, here's the thing. You it's one of, of those can. cars that when you corner it, you're like, this corner is better than I expected because it's huge. Road-hugging weight. It's still it's still not a corner carver, but it no, can. No. And it does it better than you expect. And then I have to mention this because sometimes it gets overlooked by us because it's for a specific buyer. Hmm. But the Dodge Viper. If you okay. want okay. if you want your Corvette to try to kill you a little bit more, you need a Viper. 
Yeah, it was always good at that. Yeah, and and I mean, yeah. I've driven a couple variants. They are they're not easy to drive. They're not for everybody. They are they're almost <laughs> the other side of the coin from my Lotus, a dedicated sports car that is for a very niche buyer. But this sure. is the big, powerful version. Okay, sure. So I have to mention. I can't forget it. But at the same time, that is a difficult car to recommend because I think you need a very specific person that really wants what the Viper is. Very specific buyer for sure. And yes, I actually do like the wide body versions of the Charger. I'm kind of digging It looks them. cool. It looks well, very both cool. both Challenger yeah, yeah. Charger. I, I do like them and it's kind of the band-aid to keep the car fresh. Keep it in the public eye, you know, before we do something different. I'm hoping Dodge drops something massive on us. I hope they surprise us with anything. I'm ready something for anything from Dodge. I, I really am. <laughs> I'm ready for whatever from okay. Dodge. Bring right. that. We'll drive it and... Yeah, it'll be something crazy. Because what are they going to do beyond Hellcat? Yeah, well, what's next? Uh, yeah, we've got the elephant craziness, but yeah, yeah. I, but but I agree with your point. If they're going to keep offering crazy power, at some point they have to make the electric jump. They, I do, do agree with that. That is an. Interesting I wonder point. if it'll be a hybrid first. Or are they just going to go completely all a cold turkey, all I, electric? Boom! Yeah, I'll be very curious. What Thousand the, horsepower, all electric. It's what the Mopar disciples will say? Pin about your that. organs to the back of your yeah, spine. Yeah, and everybody will love it be very hard very interesting to see what happens guys we're going to keep doing this we've got obviously many many more cars to cover this is where we're going to stop it for this podcast and we have a cool car debate on the way you may not be buying a car right now but you're probably still looking we're all looking we're all looking all the time and it seems there's always a new place to search that's why we love autotempest.com with autotempest you only enter your search one time and you see the results from cars.com ebay all of craigslist and many more or you can jump over to AutoTrader and Car Gurus without entering anything new. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't go all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Chris P. is writing to us from Carlsbad, California, so that's the San Diego area, with a fatherhood dilemma. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It's very cool. It's very fun. His son is about to turn 16 and needs his first car. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And Chris is thinking he would give him his current ride, which is a 2014 Kia Cadenza with 107,000 miles. See it. I runs, see it. good yep. condition. It's paid for, which will allow Chris to go get a new car for himself. There we go. Or should he spend about ten grand on his first ride, which he needs to be reliable, slow, and safe? <laughs> it's a dad list. I like it. It's good. So if we decide a new car for him, which <clears throat> I think you should just give me your car. Chris, just give him, give him the cadenza. Just, I agree. Just give it to him. There, there is a long and well-respected tradition just, of you get a hand-me-down yeah. car from dad. Yeah. I, I, I think that is very solid. Plus, the thing I like about it is, Chris, you know much more about that cadenza than any car you're going to buy for ten grand. You know its condition. Yeah, You know what's sure. been done to it. You know that it's going to run. You're, it's a reliable, known commodity. No, that's a great point. That's and absolutely a great He's point. 16. He's going to start driving. And I'm also going to say this to you, Chris. Be prepared for the fact that something on that car is going to get broken, dinged, scuffed, whatever. Embrace that now. You have a car that works. And give that to your son because you know what's going to happen with it. Well, I was thinking, let's say you don't give it to him. You get okay. something for ten grand, Chris, you're still going to want something new. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. let's just use the situation you've got to agreed. be able to a give great point. You know, a great hand point. me down. Love it. He's still going to... Imagine he gets a $10,000 car and you're stuck with a cadenza. You're still going to be looking around, yeah. shopping around. Yeah. You're going to wonder, you, because it's the new car in the drive, you're going to wonder if your son's car is more fun to drive. Hey, yeah. should I drive your car? It's going to happen exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So 
The rules for Chris needs to be daily driver, 60-mile round-trip commute. Okay. We know you've got traffic in California in the Carlsbad area, of course. So reliable, economical, checks boxes, he says. He also wants it to be fun to drive. Okay. He's been looking at everything from used 5 Series all the way to Toyota RAV4s. He says the new Prime Edition coming out with over 300 horsepower. <laughs> okay, maybe. Budget is less, preferably less than $35,000. He wants to pay cash, not finance it. Okay, all right. So what do we recommend for Chris? We clearly have established. We, we agree. Give the cadenza. We agree on the car. Hand it down. Yep. You know the car, the maintenance, all that stuff. I, I totally think that's the way to go. Yep. I think you should stay in Kia Land, to be honest. Okay. Because right. the Stinger GT exists for less than $35,000. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, sure. you know the brand. If you bought that car, which I think you bought new, I'm not sure. It's hard it, to say. Yeah. Anyway, if you bought that car new, go back to your Kia dealer and be hi. I'm back. I'm a customer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm interested in your stinger. Let's go mm-hmm. for a drive. Mm-hmm. Get the GT, pull one of those off the showroom floor. <laughs> no mechanical sympathy. Just floor it right out of the dealership. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the demo cars <laughs> are for. Start it, floor it. <laughs> no, I, I think you really like the stinger. And you know Kia. You know mm-hmm. the reliability. Fair, you probably have a relationship fair with fair the point, dealer yeah. already. Yeah. And that means you're a customer. So go back and say, hey, what can you do to get me in a stinger GT? Okay. Right. How can you I get me into a Stinger GT today? You end up with the Kia garage, but at the same time, I, it is a known commodity. I you do, do see that. Yeah. but then there's a cool like dad-son thing. Hey, we both got Kias. I, I guess. You know, yeah. there's that cool thing going on. I have mentioned in our best cars, best new cars, the Acura TLX, even slightly used from 2018 to 2019, those are well within your budget, and they do everything you're looking for. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's yeah. a surprise in the handling. There's a surprise in how well it drives and rides. Mm, okay. And I do think they're overlooked, and they're great priced. But we've been talking about this MX-5 RF. Okay, you're going there. All right, keep going. I don't know how tall you are, Chris. Yeah. Todd and I are 6'3". A little big for the car. And the MSRP in a brand new one is about 33, unless you go the GTS package and you yeah. bump it up to 36. Yeah. But that means even slightly used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd mentioned he's been shopping. I, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, they're yeah. thirty, thirty-one. Yeah, and it's got the hard top. It's got. It is now the time for uh-huh. the ridiculous, fun, cool car. You can get them in the automatic. Yes. Again, I mentioned traffic because of that reality, and I know that the commute is yeah. and can be. I don't know what your commute's really like, and if you could do a manual. I think you should if you can at all, yes. If you get that car, I highly recommend the manual. I don't mm-hmm. recommend the automatic, but you can buy an automatic in that car. True, 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 yeah. I'm just wondering out loud, for the same kind of money as the sedans that Agreed. we're thinking about. Agreed, yeah. Todd and I are so impressed with the RF, the 2019, with the newfound power. Yeah, you got to get the new motor. Yeah. I wonder if you're going to be floored by that car. Well, and even if you don't want the RF and you want the standard, uh, you know, standard soft top, sure, same engine. You get the 2019 and up with that good engine, you'd like it a lot more. I, I agree with that because my big question for Chris actually is, you've only mentioned you said you're looking at everything from the the five series to the Rav Four, so from big sedans to SUV, you need a f- car for you mm-hmm. to commute in. Why are we this big? Do you need I four agree. doors? I, I agree. I agree. Your Kia Stinger solves it. Uh, unknown. But do unknown. we need four doors? Do you want an SUV? Do you need an SUV? I mean, when I think economical and fun, I think go smaller. Chris, this is a historical event because I do think this is the first time I've ever actually recommended a Miata. It might be. Ma- maybe not. It I, might be. Maybe. It, it's, it's a rare thing. I will say that. It's it a is rare, rare Normally, I, I recommend it, and you're like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, fair yeah, point. Yeah, but fair with point. the newfound power and how much fun it is, it's well built. You're in California. 
We're over here driving in the snow and bombing around on winter tires. <laughs> yeah. You're in Carlsbad. Enjoy. It's yeah. perfect for that environment. Can I put the top down today? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. It's February. Top's going down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly so, right. really, I, I'm actually asking, is the Miata the perfect car? Because you've got a 16-year-old driver. He's in the safe, slow, fun. Yes, agreed. It's over agreed. here, the sedan. And by the way, if you do need passengers... Hey, son, can I borrow your car? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Of course, he's going to want to borrow yours well, in return, but you're going to have to deal with that whole issue. This is the key dad thing. You want to be in something your son wishes he was driving, not the other way around. Absolutely. So that solves that. I actually had the MX-5 on there for that because also it's reliable and over 30 miles per gallon. Totally. So is the Toyota 86. I think you would cackle like Todd and I are cackling. For sure. But so is the Toyota 86. If you need a little bit more space, the Toyota 86 has significantly more space than the Miata. You actually could use it in a normal way. Anything you normally do, I guarantee you the 86 is big enough. I wonder if Toyota does the same thing with the 86 and comes out with power. A little bit more power. Would I have the same reaction? Possibly. As I am with the RF. I'm astounded by this car. I'm it's loving it. It's super fun. If you're looking for a little bit nicer than what we've talked about so far, I actually listed the uh, BMW, the M235 or the M240. Those are good. Those are good. So those you could get uh, like a couple years used for your price. That's a possibility as well. If you have to have four doors, and I don't think you need four doors, Chris. I like yeah. the little stuff for you here. I think you'd really enjoy it. Have to have four doors. Look at a base Alpha Julia. Okay, good, good. Or look at the Civic Type R. You will be shocked <laughs> at Dad how is fun that is. that car. <laughs> and here's the thing. Every time we've driven it, what we're most surprised by, that's got 19s and tires. It looks like they're painted on, and yet the ride is superb. I think it's got 20s. Uh, I think they're way. 20s. The point is they're way too big they're for, the, for it to have the ride yeah. that it does. Oh, it's yeah. got painted on tires, it looks like. They're so thin, and yet every time I drive it, I'm like, how did they figure out this ride this well? Yeah. So... Uh, those are my four-door options. Oh, my gosh. But go small two-door, Dad. Come on. You want to have a car that your son goes, I want to drive that, and you go, That's, that one's mine. Just think of the memories. You'd be bombing down Pacific Coast Highway, put yes. the top back. All of the above. Do it for the kids. <laughs> He's not doing it for his kids, but do it because you have do kids. Do it for yourself. Yeah. All right. We have many questions. We've got to get to a few before we, uh, before we jump off the podcast here. There's a bunch. As a matter of fact, Nate Kuhn writes to us and he says, which car has created such a following rift or controversy hmm. in the past few years that we could go the back to the future style, erase it from ever being made or the situation from oh, wow. ever existing? Okay. And he gives examples about, you know, should we give the BRZ a real engine? Yes. I'm ta- I keep <laughs> sure. talking about power. Should Toyota have made the Supra in-house entirely and not collaborated with hmm. BMW? Hmm. And speaking of BMW, should the CAD files for the BMW... <laughs> GT, 3 Series GT, be deleted. Funny. I I agree with that. You know what I'm going with is I think GM shouldn't have teased the C8 Corvette for so long and so much. Hmm. They teased the heck out of that thing. Everybody knew what it was going to look like. The renderings and the renderings that people were speculating the car would look like, that's what the car looked like. Pretty much, yeah. There was no more guessing game. I think it should have been a complete surprise, much like the 4GT when it dropped. Mm. It was a mic drop. It smacked everybody right in the face. And Especially they went, the Acura NSX that dropped at the yes, same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Ford went, by the way, we were working on this too. Here's this. Boom. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Interesting point. I like so it. So I wish for a car as monumental as the new Corvette is, mm. mid-engine platform, brand new, nothing ever tried, nothing ever doesn't relate to anything. They should have kept it a complete surprise and been, here you go, world. 
instead of That's stringing funny. us out and renderings and everybody yeah. knows yeah, yeah. what it's going to look like. And yeah, yeah. sure enough, the reveal was like, yep, there it is. Matches the renderings. I'm bored. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have two movie questions, one from Rachel on Facebook and another one from Dammit Patton. The first one from Rachel, she said, she did enjoy Six Underground, uh, Underground. So thanks for the recommendation. Any other car movies she should definitely watch? Have you seen Baby Driver? Oh, yeah. That's a really good one if you haven't seen it. Damn it, Patton said, am I yet working on a draft for the new movie where Carlos Ghosn escapes Japan? Oh, you should. Brief step onto this I'm here. not sure with the, what time the you form, do the, Exactly. The former CEO of Nissan that was disgraced for potentially, theoretically embezzling another uh, – uh, supposedly. We don't know. Yes. We don't know. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that – he was imprisoned. He smuggled himself out of Japan, if you haven't heard this. Mm. There's been rumors of, uh, like, cargo boxes on weird underground, uh, you know, off-the-radar planes to Turkey and all this kind of stuff. He got himself to Turkey in a box, apparently, and then got himself mm. from Turkey to Lebanon, where he grew up and has family and people that will protect him. And Lebanon will not extradite him back to Japan. So he has, for all intents and purposes, fully escaped this mm. does sound much more like a movie than it does real life, but it's happening right now. I don't have a movie script yet, but wow, it gets my brain going. That's really cool. All right. On Twitter, James C. is asking what we think of the Maserati Mille Milia concept. <laughs> this is only a concept, but it was not built or designed by Maserati. It was de- designed by designer Luca Serafini, and I don't like it. Okay. Here's right. why. why. Design works best when it, you don't really notice it. Okay. Think about the iPhone. Yes. There's a lot of design work that goes into iPhones. You don't really notice it. Mm-hmm. Good furniture. You think, okay, so that's the style, and you're looking at more at the colors and the textures. Mm-hmm. If that were just painted white, would you like the design? Okay. So imagine, okay. James, this car, you painted it all white, matte white. It's what we call body in white. Mm-hmm. Would you still like it? Mm. I maintain this needs a single theme. There's... Every surface is over-designed, and there's too many different shapes to look at that don't relate to each other, and the reflections don't dance smoothly. They're going every direction, and the car looks way too big for the Mm. concept, which is a single center seat driver's car, driver's enthusiast car. And so I I take into consideration more when concepts are done by the manufacturers because Mm. I, I love it. I do it too. You know, thinking about a concept based on the history and all this stuff... But if that designer does not work for the mothership, they're not privy to everything, what their future holds and what they're thinking about. Sure, And even the archives. You can look a lot of stuff up, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not ensconced in the design language and discussing it. So I put more, far more precedence and credence on the concepts done by the manufacturers themselves rather than, okay, this is just a fun design exercise and you're screwing around, but you're not really reflecting what the brand is doing or what they've done mm. in the past. You're just kind of creating your own shapes and slapping a badge on it, which I, I don't appreciate as much. No disrespect. I've seen good concepts that have blown away what the car manufacturers can do. Mm. As a matter of mm. fact, a couple of guys did a Porsche Speedtail concept from a few years ago. I think it was the 908. It was awesome. It was like the car Porsche should build. Porsche mm. should learn mm. from this car. It doesn't happen all the time. It's more like, hey, we're just... You know, farting around with some design stuff, sure, and I sure, put a badge yeah. on it, and that's what that next thing should be. For, this happens a lot to Ferrari. Yeah, for sure. See, yeah. the new Ferrari concept, and then you have to dig in and, okay, was that done by Ferrari? Was mm. that done by Pininfarina, mm. or was that just... Somebody s- with Photoshop and some time. 
Yes. So, <laughs> but but I do say, as students, you you take that into consideration. But then you really have to learn and think: Okay, am I designing for me, mm. or am I designing for the history and what this car should and could okay. be? And that's what separates really good designs. Because Ken Okiyama, Japanese designer, yeah, yeah. designed Italian cars that are icons. They're you know the Enzo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he worked on a lot of different Ferraris and all this stuff. And you know, wow, Japanese guy putting his own aesthetic design mm-hmm. style aside to work on these cars. Anyway, said enough. That's good though. I take it. But I I I see I, I want there to be a more cohesive theme. I think it's all over the map. I want to really pull it back. Italians think Maybe of you the can 60s. fix that on camera. I'm just saying. I'm going to keep throwing it down. All right. I, need, I appreciate that. Things. Think of think of the manufacturing techniques that were available in the 60s mm-hmm. that prevented crazier shapes. Yeah. You yeah, had yeah. to just hammer metal over a buck over a yeah. form yeah english wheel and that kind of stuff that's yeah, yeah. about all you could do so let's just make that as the most sensuous fender we yeah, can yeah yeah because yeah. we have to make the thing sure sure yeah. versus i look at a car like this and i think how are how is that made again is mm. that carbon mm. fiber is that urethane is that molded what is that mm. surface okay so that's what i want to see that thinking about and then if you go backwards and you think that's why those Italian cars are so beautiful. Interesting. They had to make them, but then that's why they just looked so timeless. Anyway. Wow. More to come. Forrest Jenkins had a great question on Instagram. I didn't get to it last time. I want to get to it now. He said, when we say that steering gives us information, he says, I'm a neophyte. I'm a newbie. Explain what that means. Mm. How does steering give information? Yeah. This is, this is getting less and less common because of electric steering racks. And because we're getting more and more removed by insulation and weight and these kind of things. But I'm going to give you extreme examples. In two cars I own, I own the extreme examples. I own a Lotus Elise and I own a Volkswagen Phaeton. Okay? Mm -hmm. Both of them go around corners. (laughs) Both of them will do a freeway at 80 miles an hour. Okay? The difference is that the Phaeton, and again, the Phaeton is old enough that it has hydraulic steering. Keep that in mind, too. It's not like it's an electric steering rack. That's right. So the Elise has no power steering. Yeah. When you turn the wheel on the Elise, you can actually feel through the wheel. You can feel that there's a metal linkage down through ball joints to the tires. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, and I've said this before, and I'm, I'm very serious. I drove on my driveway once, moving the car while I was washing it, and I rolled over a zip tie on my driveway, and I felt it go under each wheel. <laughs> I felt it happen. A zip tie, laying flat. Okay? That's awesome. So that's, that's how ridiculous that is. That's the Phaeton on the other end of the spectrum, you're driving a video game. The wheel is incredibly light. The car weighs more than most SUVs. You turn the wheel. There isn't any information about the fact that you're moving the car, but you notice that the wheel, I mean, the world is now rotating. You're aware <laughs> that you're rotating in yeah. space, yeah. but there isn't any connection down to the tires. When a car gives us information, as you turn the wheel, depending upon speed and weight shift and these kind of things, the steering feels different. And sometimes you can even feel how the tire is rolling on its shoulder. Sometimes you can even feel that. But as you turn the wheel at speed, it, it, you get more effort as you're trying to turn the wheel harder. Or uh-huh, then in the case uh-huh. of Lotus, if you get to the edge of it, suddenly the effort starts to go away and it gets really light. That's the danger zone, by the way, in the Elise. So you can tell the weight shift and the grip levels of the car because you can feel it in your hands. Yeah, The typical yeah. steering rack now is getting rid of most of that, and it is just video game steering of turn the wheel and the car rotated. What you want is to feel something going on with the traction and the friction and the movement. I would add to that. That's excellent explanation. And I, I would add to that. Your hands, 
the, the combined aspects of the car, you know, the, the center of gravity settling the car and the weight shift of the car, your hands telling you the surface and the texture and the attitude and the circumference of the corner. Because you can feel sure, sure, a, sure. A, a radius increase or decrease. It's not just what you're seeing. It's now, I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that. Oh, wow, I just felt the decrease. I've got to turn in harder. And now I've got to adjust my speed and adjust. You know, I can feel that center of gravity come around where the engine is. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or I don't feel it. Well, I'll give you a weird example. Have you ever driven, Forrest, hopefully one of these relates to you. Have you ever driven in a major rainstorm or a major snowstorm? And you're driving along for a second and all of a sudden you feel the wheels lose traction. Mm, this yeah. is the other end of the extreme. Sure. You're, I don't care what car you've driven. If you've had that experience, it doesn't matter what car, you are suddenly aware of the fact that grip is gone. Yeah, now imagine right, right. that on the other end of the spectrum where you're aware of your levels of grip because the wheel is telling you. That's the kind of sensation we're talking about, but through the steering wheel and all the time. Guys, send us your debates, your topic Tuesdays. Keep it coming with your questions as well. We really appreciate it. And honestly, it is you that makes the podcast. We love discussing all this stuff. And we feel like we're just sitting around with a, a huge pack of our, you know, it's very our cool. best friends, it's our really car enthusiast fun, yeah. friends. And we're just discussing all these and hammering on all these subjects, which is great. So please send us your car debates, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. Top right corner under the about tab is the contact button. And you can send us your emails there too. You can. Before we go, by the way, the, uh, the Audi TT's wheelbase is 98.6 inches. I believe that is one inch longer than the Cayman. Ah, thanks for looking that up. There you go. Fantastic. It appears shorter than the Cayman. It is. This is what the internet tells me, and the internet never lies. The internet doesn't lie. Thank you guys a million. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.